Welcome into episode 63 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at Simmons, and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Well, here we are um, and it's, what is it, February 28th as we're talking and we're just really in that period of football where there's just, there's no football and there's nothing even to talk about. Yeah, we've got like a two, three week period here before spring ball starts where there's just nothing. Even Jalen Griffin's um, <laughs> workout updates have stopped. So we just we have nothing. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but that's the thing. It's, it's a weird because like the schedule just came out. I, I said that on the schedule podcast. That we did, so I was like, oh, it gets exciting. about like the schedule comes out. and You start to think about the fall and then you kind of realize like, oh, we're not even like we have some time to wait before spring ball. That's going to be not the most fun. I mean, we're like almost exactly six months out from kickoff. So half I don't know year. if that's a good I don't thing know, or half a year or six months <laughs> sounds better. I'm not sure. Six months. I felt okay about it. Then you said half a year and I feel like crap about it, especially <laughs> since it feels like the football season has been gone for years. And it what was their last game was like two months ago, <laughs> about two months ago. Yeah. And it that literally feels, feels like ancient history. I feel like I was a different person back then. It was so long ago. Like that was my childhood or something. That does feel two like a months really long ago. time ago. But anyway, in, in the absence of football to talk about, we had a lot of basketball to talk about, which yeah, is, we do. is fun. It's fun for us, and especially this time of the year, basketball's on everyone's mind. There's no more football. It's about to, we're about to hit March, and that's when conference tournaments, NCAA tournaments, potentially the NIT, uh, takes the forefront for um for maybe the CBI everyone, and the CIT. Who knows? No, I mean, we're not. We're not going there. If if UCF ends up getting an invitation to one of those, I'm going to say they pull a Jose Fernandez and deny it or reject it. Yeah, in case so. you guys don't realize, uh, if you're looking for UC, uh, USF, excuse me, if you're looking for USF women's basketball in a tournament this year, you will not find them because they, as a program, are passed to the tournament they're going to get invited to. Um, Apparently, so. we'll, we'll get there. So we'll, we're going to start with UCF women's basketball. And on that topic, before, like, I'm just is jumping way ahead, but USF is still projected to make the NCAA tournament. I'm not 100% they're not going sure to. how. They're not going to. They're, like, projected as a nine seed. What? Yeah, no, they're projected as a nine seed oh, still. So you asked me to not look up what UCF it's projected as so I could react in real time. And if it's even remotely close to a nine seed, I'm going to be livid because there is a significant gap between those <laughs> teams in talent and record and everything. And both times they've played. So yeah, we'll get there though. We'll get there. We're first going to basically recap. Um, over the weekend, you and I were there on Saturday at Edition Financial Arena. We sure were. At Fi, uh, to watch UCF clinch the regular season AAC championship. Bunch of confetti, cutting down the nets, T-shirts. Um, <laughs> President Cartwright wearing his AAC Champions T-shirt under a suit jacket, as Christian pointed out on Twitter. Legitimately one of my favorite things ever. And then Coach Abe was like, yeah, me too. I love that. Yeah, Coach Abe quotes me that was like, me too. And I was like, man, <laughs> I, I just, like I said, I just, it was more like the visual that like he had to like be handed a conference champion shirt, like take off his suit jacket, pull it on and be like, I'm putting the suit jacket back. Like it was just such, it was such an aesthetic. He looked yeah, like so, he looked like the cool kid who's trying to like mix things up at prom. Like it was just like <laughs> it was so funny. With that win, UCF uh, improved to twenty-one and three overall in the year, thirteen and one in the conference. It's just been a dominant season, and they they won that game like it wasn't even close. This was a game against Cincinnati, who yeah they're the worst team in the conference, but Cincinnati was the only team to beat uh, UCF in conference play this year. They beat them sixty-seven to 50, or sixty-one to fifty-seven back in January. Then this time around, UCF, it wasn't even close. Like, what was it? It was 33 to six at one point, and it UCF was, went on to it win. It was 42 to nine at one point. Yeah. I 74 hate, to 39 was the final. Absolutely. 74, 74 to 39, holding uh, 
another opponent. That's their fourth, the fourth straight time they've held an opponent under 40 points. And that's led them to the top. They have the number one uh, scoring defense in the NCAA in the entire country. The um, thing about them is like their defense is just like suffocating doesn't even begin to describe it. Like they just, they just clamp down. I mean, it's just constant pressure. One of my favorite things to talk about from that game is like, there were a lot of moments where Cincinnati, like they would just leave Cincinnati alone if they were beyond the arc. Like it's like, what? Well, yeah, take a three. We don't care. And it was just, it works. Like it just, it, I mean, their defense I, is insane. And that's, what's kind of been like the most impressive thing about them to me. Like I, for, as men's basketball season has gone on, I feel like one complaint people have had of them that has some validity is like a lack of identity. You're trying to figure out what this team is and you know what women's basketball's identity yeah. is. They're going to shut you down no matter who you are. <laughs> well, I told you as we were sitting there watching the game, I just watched two UCF players like swarm one of the Cincinnati players kind of in the corner. And I was like, what are you supposed to do there? Like, I was like, <laughs> if I, if that was me, I would absolutely, I would like scream, I'd panic or something. Cause like, if, if you pass me the ball and all of a sudden there's two people right on me, there's nowhere to go. Like there's, it's a travel, it's a turnover. You're not getting out of it. So I just, I don't know what you're supposed to do. That's the thing. It's just like what, the, the, and that's honestly their bread and butter. Cause teams just panic. Like, you know, the second the ball is touching your hands, you're getting swarmed. And it's like, so you have to be thinking five steps ahead and really good players can think five steps ahead, but Cincinnati wasn't a team full of really good players. So it just not quite. I'm trying to look at it here. Fell apart. I think it looks like they, have, they had 22 turnovers in the game. I think Cincinnati made their first three in like the fourth quarter or something like that. It, it certainly wasn't early <laughs> and they were just letting them, they were just letting them shoot. I think they went into halftime and they were, they were like, Oh, for 13 or Oh, for 10 or something like that. Which the thing is, it's not even like this was some like really like surprising performance. I mean, it, women's basketball, I think they've won nine in a row now. They've won their last four, at least by 20 plus, I believe they've won a couple by 30 plus. I mean, they're just, they, they are just head and shoulders above everyone they're playing. I mean, they're, they're, it's like, I'm honestly like, having a hard time thinking of recent UCF teams, unless I'm forgetting someone obvious who's been that dominant against their competition, like volleyball comes to mind, but volleyball was like winning all their games, but not necessarily crushing everyone like women's basketball. It hasn't been competitive in like a couple months now. I mean, they're just, it it just hasn't been, I mean, it's like, it's crazy. Well, and they have, yeah, that's the on, on the year overall, actually one more thing on coach Abe, because UCF has the number one um, scoring defense in the country right now. And going into that game, it was our friend Gasparilla Bullenjoyer pointing out on Twitter that going into the game, UCF was number two. And number one was Albany, which is where, <laughs> which is where she Coach Abe came from. <laughs> so, like, it's just she left her mark on that program, apparently, because they've continued to be dominant defensively. And now UCF's up at the same level and actually above them now. So are we talking uh, about Coach one. Abe now? Can I talk about Coach yeah. Abe? Yeah, so, we've got a lot to talk about here. So Coach Abe, she's very good. If you didn't know, she's the women's basketball coach. Um I am scared of her. I think I've said that before on the podcast. She does scare me. She uh, she she yelled at me at a media access five years ago, and I never got over it. Do you remember um, um, the line in Ted Lasso when Keely's like, "She's a very tall or intimidating tall woman." That's how I feel about Coach Abe. That that that's pretty accurate. She yeah. she's definitely intimidating. Um, but so some Coach Abe stats. So UCF as of right now, under her and her six seasons, one hundred twenty six and forty eight. Seventy two percent of their games have been wins. Um, for comparison, the. Before she arrived, the six years before UCF women's basketball was 77 and 110, which is a 41% winning percentage. They had five straight losing seasons. I like, I remember from like my, like my life back then, like, I don't remember ever thinking twice about women's basketball. Like it was just a bad program that no one cared about. And it's been really like, we talked about before, I think on on last week's podcast, and I sent a tweet at the time, like you have to be such a good coach to not only revitalize a program, but immediately revitalize a program. Like she took, I mean, they're coming up on what they're going to have their third straight tournament appearance this season. And yeah, because there wasn't a tournament in 2020 yeah, for, the, and, for the years that have been a tournament. 
And they've gone to some kind of tournament every year. I mean, the years it hasn't been the NCAA tournament, it's been the NIT. I mean, to take a program that was as bottom of the barrel as you can get and just your presence turns them into what they are. And within a couple of years, you've got them going dancing basically every year. Like I, it, 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 it does feel safe to say that she's probably just UCF athletics best coach, right? Is that fair to say at this point? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I don't um, even know who else has even earned being in that conversation because no one else, I mean, we have a lot of good coaches, but like on that level of like that type of like rebuild, an instant rebuild, go from rebuild yeah, I mean, to contender immediately. It's a different, it's a different kind of job because he's been at it for longer, but the one I would put up there is Todd Dagenet with volleyball. Cause he's been here since like, Oh wait, I wrote about that yeah. on night sports now a while ago. It's like, it wasn't necessarily like, I don't remember what, what the program was like coming in. I probably have, have known at one time or another, but yeah, I mean, just sustained success over his tenure and especially at the heights they've reached recently. So that's like, that's Dagenet would be the one I would put up there, but I'm trying to think like, it's not, and that's the thing is we've talked many times on this podcast about how good UCS has it with their coaches. And it's just the fact that coach Abe is just like far and away, just up there on a different level. It's insanely impressive. She should be making like $50 million every single <laughs> season. And I recognize that's not a number that exists or can happen, but like, so well, I, I told, I tagged uh, Terry on Twitter. I think it was after the maybe the Temple game. I don't remember when it was. I tagged. It was maybe it was last week, and I told him that he should pay her all the money, uh, or to, to stay here forever. I think is what. I so said. I found her salary from when she was originally hired by UCF six years ago, and it was what did I tell you it was? It was three hundred forty-five thousand. Three forty-five or three seventy-five? I don't remember. It was three seventy-five. It was three hundred seventy-five thousand okay. annually. So she's been extended a couple times since then. So presumably that's in the four hundreds now. And I've just, I've, I have just decided that that's not enough. Like, that's just not that, that, that money does not equal what she's put into the program. Like I literally like if I mean, they're, they're just so dominant right now. And like to have, like, they're the program that outside of maybe football, I feel best about heading into the big 12. And like, I just, it would suck if she left and there's been nothing on the horizon about her leaving. They've got two top 100 players coming in next year. One of which is her daughter. So I feel like she's <laughs> definitely not leaving soon, but it is just kind of like, I don't know. I just feel like this program can get really freaking good with her. Like really, really good. Like, and I just, I, they can't let her go no matter well, what. Well, you asked me, you asked me before um, we started recording, you said, how much do you think she makes here? And I like, I was, I had no re- like reference point. So I had no idea. My answer was just not enough. Yeah, you just still, said, like, I literally said, I was like, how much do you think coach A makes? Cause I was just curious what he was going to think. He goes, not enough. Like instantly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, that's an accurate yeah. answer. Um, but yeah, it's just what she's done with the program has been insane. And, and, the I don't know Saturday like we talked a little bit last week about regular season championships and you've made your thoughts clear we've talked about that but just I don't know seeing seeing that on Saturday still was felt really cool like just for that program for for as as good as it's been the last few years to get a moment like that and hopefully they're gonna get another one when it comes time for the conference tournament because that's the you know that's the big one that's the one that I'm sure they have their sights set on now Um, but it was just a really cool scene to see that well you know UCF I mean it's like UCF that was their first regular season title in 17 years. And the the UCF athletics in general are so good. Now you don't get a lot of whole first in 17 years moments for UCF Mm. athletics. So from that perspective, it was pretty cool. I still would, I like, I would rather them like, I I don't know, like if they don't win the tournament, the conference, I mean, it doesn't matter. They're going to the, they're going to the NCAA tournament either way, but I'm just like, I, that's still the one that matters more to me. Like if USF goes on and wins that, they're just going to be like, we're the conference champs. I mean, it would feel very, yeah, it would feel very sour. It'd be feel very hot. Um, I, as, I also got to throw out one more stat about Abe. Yeah. So if they make the tournament this year, which guys, spoiler alert, they're going to. Um, <laughs> UCF women's basketball all time history of the program will have three tournament appearances with Abe and four without her. <laughs> like, like I, I, like it's just insane. I, I don't even have words for it. 
That's yeah, and that's crazy because, like you said, it's having two top 100 players coming in next year. I know they're losing a lot, but to be able to just say, okay, well, we've got two top 100 players, and she's shown in the past that she's been able to, you know, plug and play people, you know, coming coming in, and they've lost some big players in the past. I mean, they lost Aaliyah Gregory the one year, and they've they've lost some big players here and there, but also her um, system has just been dominant. Diamond Battles can come back, I think. Because this is her senior season, but she got the COVID year, which she hasn't used yet. So I believe if she that wanted to, she could come back. I don't know if she will. I have no idea what her pro prospects are. I'm not enough of a women's basketball yeah. expert I mean, there. I, I I'm not an all a women's basketball <laughs> expert, so I don't know. But because if she comes nope. back, obviously that'd be huge. You got good players coming in. I mean, they've part of the reason they've been so good this year is like what we talked about. They were like the Cincinnati of basketball because I mean they had all these players that technically should have left but exercised their senior their entire years of starting five right yeah it's like so that's that's a big part of it I mean it's that experience it's really what UCF football didn't get they got and you know what the difference was probably coaching they want yeah. to come back and play and on on Saturday like that was that was one step in in toward what they all came back for you know to and I know it was a, a sour feeling last year losing to USF in the conference t- uh, tournament final and for them to all come back have the regular season they've had now the next step is the AAC tournament and so I mean as the number one seed obviously they have a bye uh in the conference tournament and they'll play their first game next Wednesday March 9th um against the winner of the eight versus nine game which as of right now I mean this is going to change so I think there's still there's one game left maybe there's two for some teams I'm not 100 sure um UCF has one game left but right now the number eight seed would be Memphis and the number nine seed would be ECU um neither of which uh, there's there's not a team in this conference right now that would scare you <laughs> Bailey I'm really not remotely worried about any of the teams like I'm really not like yeah. I, I just I don't see a reality where they don't win it except for maybe USF and last time they played USF they crushed them so this year I mean yeah this year they've beaten USF by 16 uh at home and then it was by 21 on the road yeah so. you know we talked about a couple of years ago when UConn was leaving we talked about a lot about you know there, there's a vacuum there and there's an opportunity for someone to step up and it was always going to be UCF or USF and it's been UCF. So I know USF won the conference tournament last year, but it, it nowhere near as dominant fashion as UCF is about to do so this year. So I could be totally wrong. They could lose in the first round, but <laughs> you know, and you also talk about disappointment from last year. The bigger disappointment was they go to the NCAA tournament and immediately lose diamond battles. We get yeah. hurt early in the game and then that game they end up losing. So I, I, I don't know what their ceiling is this year. I, I would love, have they ever won a tournament game? ever I'm not, I meant to look that up I'm I don't think they have sure. off the top of my head I don't head, think, I don't so think either. they have if I'm accidentally dissing some historic UCF women's basketball team I apologize but I don't we'll get that. to the, one more thing before we get to the tournament is I mean the way that everything's set up UCF has to win three games now to win the AAC tournament which it's I mean they'll be fine it, it should do it I mean they'll be that's fine. the thing it's it's that's why they play the games all that stuff but yeah I mean it, to see them lift another trophy in about I guess it would be maybe a week and a half's time I would feel very good about it, but yeah. Plus this trophy would actually matter. It'd be cool. <laughs> NCAA tournament wise. Um, they have, this was actually, this was updated on Monday morning. So this was up to date as, as we could get. Wait, do I get to um, guess or are you just going to tell me? Okay. Yeah. So in Charlie creams, like bracketology, where, what, what um, seed do you think he has them? I can't believe you maybe not look it up all day. And then you're just going to tell me. Well, no, I was going to tell um, you. And then you were going to be like, ah, well, that's know. no fun. I want to try to get your reaction. Okay. Try to guess. Um, Jeez, Bailey, come on. Um, Remember I, uh, that USF is a nine seed. Well, yeah, now I'm like, well, I heard that. And I'm like, UCF should be like a four seed, but I doubt they are. So oh, I think they deserve to be like a five seed at this point. I think 
if you were just if you were just gonna like rate teams based on their net rankings, they'd be like a six seed. So I'm gonna go with the six seed. They're a seven seed. Yeah, that <laughs> I feel like whatever happened, I was gonna overestimate. So there, uh, so the difference between them and USF is two seeds. That doesn't make sense to me. That just doesn't make sense to me. There's such a gap between those two te- those two teams in that show. So he has them as a seven seed in Waco, which which is where, where they would be taking on number ten seed Arkansas in the first round, which is a team they beat by uh, they one. They beat Arkansas. I was about to say they, they beat, beat Arkansas. They beat Arkansas season. by one. I think it was a late a late bucket by Diamond Battles, uh, back on December second, and in this bracket, so a win over Arkansas in that game would presumably set up a matchup against number two seed Baylor in that region, which Baylor will be a future Big Twelve opponent and has you know, in recent years, been one of the more dominant basketball programs. So UCF by 50. <laughs> That's a lie. UCF would lose, but that would still be really cool. And I, like I said, I think the goal for this year is just win a tournament game. Like it's something you've never done before. So yeah. I'm, I'm setting the bar kind of low there because I, I want to see a very top heavy sport, but I obviously want to see them win the conference tournament and then win a tournament game. And that would be like just an absolutely fantastic season. If they win the conference tournament, even if they lose the first round of the NCAA, like it would feel like a disappointing end to the season, but overall you'd be like, that's a massive year. Um, well, that's the thing about the, basketball though, is that like, like your season's always going to end in a loss. Like if you had yeah. a successful season, it's going to end in a loss. So it's, it's not the, like the football most, where you get your little bowl game or whatever. The, the harshest it could end at this point is them losing the conference tournament and then losing round one in the turn of the NCAA tournament. That yeah, would that would be, suck. And that would the, feel like and then they would have down. then they would have five losses so it's like yeah it's that's the funny part but like you'd still feel like you sit there with five losses and you're like it's hard not to feel disappointed after like the where they were two weeks ago well like, i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest though because i did we, like i think a clear example of that is I, I i felt like volleyball was disappointing in their last season and it they had a great year but it was just they got to the tournament and then immediately bowed out and Honestly, we've had a bit that was in twenty. That was last year, right? Like, yeah. This, the more recent year, they did. They didn't win a tournament game, didn't they? Did they this past year? I'm talking about spring, but I don't remember if they did this year or not. I think they did. Welcome to the Pegasus oh, I have such podcast, a bad guys, memory. where we sort of know what we're talking about. <laughs> That's such um, a bad I don't know all the sport. That, that part of it was we had that spring where every single sport happened and it all just kind of ran together. But um, oh yeah, they did because no, they beat they beat Pepperdine or. It's Pepperdine, right? And they had that really close game against UCLA where they almost pulled off the upset. Oh, I do remember that. Okay. And lost in the second round. And they lost yeah. to a team with a really dumb name the year before. I don't remember who it was. I just remember thinking that's a dumb name for a school. Like Fairfield? No. Um, but anyway, we're way off. We're way off topic now. High point. It was high point. High point. Yeah, like come on, what are you doing? High point? Who names a school that? <laughs> um High Point was but, very good that year, though. Just for, yeah. Anyway. Well, that's okay, <laughs> but that year was what I'm talking about. They were insanely good. They cr- I think didn't they lose like I mean, didn't they have just one real loss? Was it just FSU? Yeah, it was that FSU game where they had they were up two sets to none and lost three straight sets. Actually, did they not even like? Well, there was some crazy stat about them not like losing a set for a long time in conference play or something. Like, yeah, and they like, they rolled through conference. Play. Yeah, like it just looked like this team was just like it was like a bloodbath every time they played one, and then they got to the tournament and immediately were outmatched. And it was just like, <laughs> and that's one thing that actually I feel better about with UCF going to the Big Twelve because. The AAC, while it has been a very good football conference, it's not a good league in every sport. And two of those sports it's not particularly good in are women's basketball and volleyball. And you do get situations like that where your team's really good and they don't necessarily match up on the national stage. I don't think that's women's basketball this year because we've seen them play really good teams out of conference. Yeah, and, the, but, and that's the thing. Two of their three losses, I mentioned that somehow they lost to Cincinnati. I don't even know what happened in that game. You know, you know what two, happened? It's basketball losses. and sometimes, yeah. hey, listen up, Johnny Dawkins fans. Um, it's basketball, Wait. and sometimes the team just loses. You mean Johnny Dawkins, 
haters? You said yeah, Johnny Dawkins fans. Why don't you yell at Johnny Dawkins fans? Well, I was being sarcastic. Uh, oh. you, you know what I meant? Like, you know, um, all the Johnny Dawkins yeah, members I mean, on Twitter. The style, the style that they play, like, it's just, I don't see how it's easy for any team to break that down. And it hasn't been all year. Like, they have three losses all by single digits, including two of which to very good teams. And I know Tennessee had injury issues when they played them, blah, 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 whatever. But they're a top 20 team now. Like they're top 15, I think. And then Iowa was the other loss. And I think they're top 20. Yeah. So they're gonna be they're gonna have a good end to the year, but they're in a good they're in a good spot, and yeah. So keep an eye out for that. It will be March 9th. Will I gotta be say, first conference tournament game. Yeah, go ahead. I gotta say one more thing. The other thing I really liked about the women's basketball game we went to was lots of like UCF athletics representation in the building. We had Terry yeah. Mahajer there. He was chilling with Gus Malzahn up in the little athletic suite. We had and like Christy, Christy, and Christy Malzahn. Nice awesome to see. to see her out, obviously. And in our, like, we saw Todd Dagenade sitting courtside, then getting kicked out of courtside and moving to our section. Okay, we can't say he got um, kicked out. Like, I don't can we not? throw that out there. Okay, no, all right, I'll just say exactly what we saw. Was. Todd Dagenade was sitting courtside for most of the first half of the game. And then we looked up and he's moving into our section and a new family is sitting where his family was sitting courtside. So, yeah. You interpret that however you want. Maybe he was just he feeling got, he got displaced and looked. At, he got displaced. I don't think so he got kicked. Someone came up to me and kicked him out and be like, "Hey, you're acting a fool." Maybe he here. maybe he turned around and was like, "Look at that family. They deserve to sit courtside and switch seats with us." Maybe it was like a good Samaritan <laughs> moment. And then I like put it past him. And then like a few rows over from Dagenet in our section was Johnny Dawkins and his wife also watching. Yeah. Which Johnny Dawg like I don't know I, like I don't know am I like getting into coach's personal life if I like say that they were sitting in a game? I don't think so, right? I don't think so. Okay, yeah. He had, Johnny Dawkins chose like interesting food items to eat, which I was kind of fascinated with after the game. <laughs> he had I don't know if like one was for his wife, but he walked up with a side of fries and popcorn, which I'd never like seen that combination before. And I thought that was interesting. I I was it kind was of funny because like anytime something was happening, I would try to like look and see what his reaction was. And he, I would just see him putting a piece of popcorn in his mouth. And he was, I was just like, yeah, I guess he, he doesn't really seem like the types like really get hype at a game. Dagenet on the other hand was like, like throwing going fist pump. yeah, he was, he was like pumping his fist. He was doing a lot of things. Dawkins um, looked like he was just watching the game as like a coach. Like he was like locked in. Like I am here to like, like he watch was scouting. Him. He was scouting. Um, that was a perfect example, but it was just, you know, for, a, you know, for women's basketball to be having the season they're having and like, have that this is what other UCF coaches are doing with their free time. It's like, they didn't have to be there. Hell, Dagenet and Dawkins didn't even get invited to the athletics box. They're just sitting <laughs> in the freaking crowd. So what was also that was super really cool. nice to see there too was it was um, Saturday was like UCF women's basketball's alumni day where they had like, a, I don't know how many players, former players they had oh, back so out. Many. So for them to all be there and most of them were courtside and, and for them to get to see um, UCF celebrate the way they did, like that had to be a pretty cool moment for them um they had so yeah, someone there just, whose name i didn't recognize unfortunately who was on the last team to win a regular season title yeah i don't I mean they went all the way back was, but yeah so no, you they, love it was that. it was a, a well some well represent or a lot of representation among eras and a lot of recent players too um but yeah overall a really good day and, and definitely a, a fun couple weeks ahead for women's basketball um you ready to move into men's basketball let's do it let's go the more vibrant it, conversation yeah, I mean, that, there's no one that can disagree right now on anything regarding UCF women's basketball. But with men's basketball for most of the season, it's just been back and forth, back and forth of I'm not changing your mind. You're not changing mind. But let's argue anyway. Well, Which is and, Twitter and I nutshell, actually but. want to I actually want to touch on that because there's one thing that really bothers me. So if you're listening to this podcast, whether it's your first time or your 50th time, you've probably caught on that I'm a fairly argumentative person. I like to argue because I believe that my opinions are the best opinions and your opinion is therefore invalid. 
I'm just kidding. I just like to argue. I like, I, I, like, I don't know. I just can't hold my tongue. I know, like, I know people who are like, like, I know some people are like kind of anti-confrontation. I don't get that. Like I see something I disagree with that to explain to that person why they're wrong, but I do legitimately try to hear out the other side of an argument. And I have changed my opinions on topics from before. I think an example of that, as we've talked about before, that I'm not the biggest Greg Lovelady fan. I, especially last season, I talked about a lot. I don't know if we ever talked on the podcast. We probably did briefly. No, I didn't like, I, didn't I, really much. I just uh, like, I just, his first season is still his best season. And it felt like they've been backtracking and I just didn't really get that. And I said, you know, it, does there have to be a change at some point? I, it was explained to me how baseball recruiting is very different from recruiting other sports. And it legitimately takes years to build up a team of your guys. And this was one of the first seasons we're really seeing love ladies guys, and they've been very good. So I'm altering my opinion, given that I have learned more about the topic, which I was not an expert. The problem with Johnny Dawkins is there is a chunk of the fan base that just wants him gone. And there's nothing that can happen that will change that opinion. We've gotten to the point where there are fans who are legitimately like upset on Twitter when UCF wins and they have to get on Twitter to discredit the win of their own yep. team and be like, no, no, that didn't count because the players were hitting their shots or like some other stupid BS. So that's what's I mean, going Oh yeah. Oh, if, if this player wouldn't have gotten hot, they would have lost that game. It's like, the, I mean, literally yeah, there was, especially if man, it was like, well, yeah, if man hadn't hit those threes, they won to one. It's like, he's not for freaking anything. It's like, yeah, if Milton hadn't played well in the Peach Bowl, UCF went to won the game. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. That's how sports work. Yeah, if the Florida Gators had a better quarterback, they wouldn't have lost the Gasparilla Bowl. It's like, you can do that for every single sports situation ever. But the caveat, which we've said before, is there's no way around this season was disappointing for men's basketball. We went into the season hoping they would be a tournament team. It's looking like they're not going to be. They're currently 17 and nine, nine and seven in the AAC with two games to go. I am once again, before we get into the season as a whole, just again, reminding you fans that there is a huge, huge, huge middle ground between we met our goals and everything was great and we must fire the coaching staff and start over. And I am once again, asking you guys to just try to live in that middle ground because truthfully, those of you who want Dawkins fired, you have no leg to stand on. You don't. And I, and I've argued with some of you on Twitter and you have nothing to say that makes sense. So do some self-reflection and recognize that it's okay to admit that you were wrong and just stop. That's all. And if, listen, if they lose these final two games, and then they go and get killed in the AC tournament. Don't go anywhere. We can talk about it, but, and it's going to be tough now that man's out, even though they've been playing their best basketball the season. But at the end of the day, UCF men's basketball has won four of their last five games. They're 17 and nine. They have a chance to finish as high as fourth in the AAC. They're probably going to finish fifth. And you still want the coach fired because that was your opinion a month ago and you're not willing to change it. So I'm just asking you to do some, do some self-reflection. That's all. You know, just do work on you. You know, that, that's all I'm asking. You know how many losses they had in the season they went to the NCAA tournament? No, tell me. Nine. <laughs> so, I mean, they're 17 and nine right now. This would this like this currently, like if they if they go on to win the last two games, they play. Oh, I have their schedule here, don't I? I know they play Tulane. Is that Saturday? That's, no, that's Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Tulane Thursday. And then I believe Tulsa might be Sunday. If I'm off, I'm off. But those are two games that they – I mean, Tulane will be a tougher game, I think. Tulane's I think actually – Tulane's games, been playing really well. but so Those are two UCF. games still that you would expect. Like, the way UCF has been playing, they should win those games. And if they finish 19-9, and 11-7 and seven in the AAC, I mean, that's – yeah, you're not at the heights that you thought, like, this could be a tournament team. But that's still – that's not a bad – you can't call that a bad season. You know what's like, funny that's, about that's their 11... best season? That would be their best season since the, the NCAA tournament season. You know what's funny about an 11-7 and seven conference record? is that would be tied for their second best AAC record ever. 
and it would be tied with a Johnny Dawkins season and it the would be just, and, it, and it would be just behind a Johnny Dawkins season. Yeah. So <laughs> again, guys, I, I just, it's like, and especially the one, the people that really get me the ones on Twitter who it's like, they throw out these ridiculous, like head coach and candidate names. Like it's like, Oh, we could fire Dawkins and go get this guy. And it's like, you just, they think it's football, man. I know people get Rick so Pitino. mad when I say that people get living with Oh, Christian just says that we think it's football. Well, you do. So sorry. Go get, go get Rick Patino. What the hell is the Rick Patino stuff? I've seen like 20 UCF fans like, yeah, let's go get Rick Patino. It's like, guys, you were just, oh, that's crazy. I love fans that are just openly like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with just like blatantly ignoring reality to prove my point, which I get is a lot of fans, but anyway, this season, it's been a, it's been disappointing from the, what we hoped going into the season. It has not been a bad season. They right. still have a fringe chance of making the tournament and they're probably going to go to the NIT. And uh, honestly, like I, they're closing in on 20 wins and I don't understand how you can be mad about a 21 season. I don't get it. I really don't. It's, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, it's pretty crazy to think about. I'm trying to look at it really quick on the fly here. How many 20 seasons, how many 20 win seasons do you think UCF has in their, Oh, well, I guess if you go far back, it's under, under Torchy, it was a lot, but recent year, like if you look recent history, Kirk had one or two. Nope. Three, four, four. Okay. Fair enough. Five. Fine. Let's compare him to Donnie Jones. <laughs> Donnie Jones <laughs> had started like three, out, I think. He started out with three and then his last three, he didn't have them. This would be Dawkins third. And he had the one year he had 19. I don't know. It's just 20, 20 wins is not something to just scoff at and be like, Oh, it was so such a bad season. They won 20 games. No, I, I like I no. You're 100. I killed my right. own point there by like not knowing and looking. You at did because I looked that up before the podcast to see if it was a good point. You asked me that. And I'm like, don't go down this road, Bailey. You should have told me that. <laughs> don't you do it. Me. You should have cut um, me off. But at the end of the day, it, first off, the I I know that we love to like talk about like Pat like mo- in modern UCF basketball, the 21 seasons have been few and far between. And the Donnie Jones ones were great and they were done in Conference USA. And as I pointed out in Twitter argument at one point, if you go look at those games every year, all of their losses were to the teams that are the current AAC teams. Like every year they'd (laughs) win 20 games and lose to Memphis and Houston. So, and Tulane, like even like, so I, I, you know, it's like this era, the Johnny Dawkins era, no matter how you want to look at it has been the most successful era of the modern UCF basketball timeframe. So for I like I said I'm just I'm more than anything I'm just confused like I'm just confused on it and, and I don't know I, I like I well, it's, like I said if they lose out said. from here and finish like 17 and 13 or something then I'll acknowledge that this season got really disappointing but I don't expect that and it's what for, you said some about, of you seem to be rooting for it and that's what I yeah <laughs> that's the part that is just insane but as what is what you said about their people don't find though they can't find the middle ground between you know this is this isn't the season we expected to be and oh this let's fire the coach like there's it's it's if you don't if you don't meet your expectations you don't just immediately jump to all right well let's find a different coach like that's not how it works so the other thing i want to make on that point is it's the part of, it's the it's like the most basic thing i try to remind people and it's always becomes a well that doesn't matter it's like ucf men's basketball does not have the resources or money or anything that a lot of these other programs have like you like there is such and it's not even just money like there is such an inherent cultural difference between a program like UCF and a program like Houston or Cincinnati. I mean, like basketball is a huge deal to Cincinnati fans. Huge, huge deal. Like it, big, as big as football in some points in their history, bigger. There's money, there's fans, there's history. Memphis plays in a freaking NBA arena because that's how many fans they get to their games. UCF doesn't have that. And it's not just a money thing. It's, it's a culture thing. I mean, UCF is a football school through and through. We saw, I mean, it's like, the, it's been the same situation every year for UCF and it's been every game this season. Student section shows up, rest of the arena is dead. 
And it's just kind of like the people who get mad because they're like, why hasn't Johnny Dawkins turned them into Houston or Cincinnati? It's like, because Johnny Dawkins has a lot less to work with. And people say that there, I got, I had a whole argument on Twitter about this. And someone said they were like, well, you know, UCF football has way less money than Florida, but they beat Florida or something like that. And key difference there is a UCF invests more money in their football program than any other group of five school by like a fairly significant margin, or at least that was the case pre-pandemic. Second is UCF has been very successful at mitigating that through recruiting. We've talked about before that recruiting in Florida and football, it's like, like uh, someone who would, who's like a three-star in Florida, if they were playing in like, I don't know, like freaking like Indiana or something, they'd be like a high level four-star or five-star. It's like, it's so deep in Florida that the fact that Florida, Florida State and Miami have roster limits throughout history has allowed UCF to produce really good teams. Re- basketball, great state, Florida for basketball recruiting. Most of those guys don't stay in state and they're sure as hell not coming to UCF. And honestly, Dawkins has gotten some impressive signings that should not have ended up at UCF. So that's the whole part you're missing of that equation. So I don't know. I, I, I think part of what it comes down, I know I'm just rambling now, but like, I think part of what it comes down to is UCF fans are conditioned that UCF should be the best at everything. We've talked about football for years, like UCF is the next Ohio state in football. And I think that there are some fans that can't accept the reality that there are some sports, including one as critical as men's basketball, where UCF in its current state and with its current funding is incapable of being that. I think that's what gets them is they can't, process that there is a ceiling and they can't accept that well what i was going to say on that recruiting point is like when you look at the lack of resources or the short i don't know if i say lack completely but the shortage of resources especially in comparison you say like what what can johnny dawkins do to work around that and it's recruit really well and you know what he's been doing is recruiting really well yeah like he's he's people always talking about oh with this talent instead of a team they should have been doing this i mean how do you think this team got this talented how do you think all this talent got to ucf they didn't just decide to just go to UCF to play for a, like a nameless coach. They weren't just like, oh, I'll just go to UCF. I wonder who the coach is. It was Johnny Dawkins bringing them to UCF, bringing them to Orlando. And he's done that. I mean, year after year, he's he's brought in talent. And he's I think he's doing what he can with what he has. It should and also yeah, be been, pointed out. Sorry, go ahead. There's been losses here and there. Like, like, oh, they shouldn't have lost that game. But, like, that's just – that's how sports works, how basketball works. Like, you lose games sometimes. And I know one of the ones that people were really annoyed with earlier in the season was the loss to Temple. Temple's now number four. They're fourth in the conference. Like they're not as bad as everyone tried to make them out to be when at the time. The the thing you run into too is like not enough people talk about the fact that, you know, you you look at um this past season. Sorry, I'm trying to look up a recruiting ranking while I'm doing this. So I'm kind of talking like this past season. Yeah, Dawkins had all these great players that he brought in. He took over a team of guys that weren't his guys: Taco Fall, B.J. Taylor, Matt Williams, guy, and, and a team that was really bad. And took a group of players he did not recruit and they won 24 games in his first season, went to the tournament three years after that. Like if that's not the mark of a good coach on it was, you can take in a mismatched team. And, and you know what, this is what's wild to me. I'm pulling up the recruiting rankings right now for the AAC in 2022, which is different for basketball because there's so few recruits. UCF's third right now. Third in the conference. Like they've got one of those brothers coming in, right? Yeah. They have two, two, the twins coming in. Yeah. They've got a guy who's 70th in the nation coming in. It's like, Hey, guess what happens if you fire Dawkins? He doesn't come here. (laughs) <laughs> and you have guys on the roster who transfer out. So I just, I, like I said, I really think what it comes down to is, and I get it. It's just, we're not like, there are schools, right? I think about this a lot. Cause it's hard to relate to. Like if you're like, if you're like a really big, I don't know, like I'm, uh, uh, I don't know if you're like a really big, like Akron fan, like Akron football is your life. Like you have no illusions that Akron's ever going to be in a new year's six bowl or a top 10 team that you just don't think about that. You, and, and, 
for football, that's never been the case for UCF. We believe that UCF can do anything in football. And to some extent, they've proven they can. And I think that's where fans get hung up is like basketball, like you are Akron in that, or it's like, and if you want that to change, I don't see how Daw- like Dawkins is batting above what he should be doing. Yeah. So I don't get how changing that part of the form, if you want basketball to be better, UCF needs to invest more in basketball, especially in the big 12. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's kind of ridiculous how little it's money they bigger, put into basketball. It's a bigger equation. The comparison, I just thought like it's, it takes a lot of things to be successful. And one of those things is financial investment. One of those things is having the right coach and then the right players. And for all, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's not like, I don't know how you can really argue with actual facts or with actual reasonings behind it, that Johnny Dawkins isn't the right coach. I think you have a very good coach, big name coach, actually. I mean, Johnny Dawkins is a big name. I know people try like to discredit him, whatever. He's a big name and he's done a lot with what he has right now, but, I think you've got the right coach. And if financial backing comes in, that's where I think UCF can race to that next level. They can get to that next level. If they invest, it's not just, and that's the thing. It's not just the athletics program needs to invest more. It's don't, they need more donors. It's not just like UCF needs to spend more money. It's more people need to donate money to UCF and back the basketball program. And yeah, I mean, it, with UCF being such a football heavy school and being a football school, you know, you don't know if that's ever going to happen, but if you're, if you're one of the people that's very passionately, saying you know this isn't where ucf basketball should be put your money where your mouth is now that's that's kind of the the situation that exists right now with ucf basketball but there's two things to that too is that if i if you took all these people on twitter who were like basketball should be better and if i said to them is it cool with you then if we divert some money from football to basketball they'd say no they'd say no and the other they, part of that <laughs> is that you've got this situation where you know if you're ucf athletics if you're the ad if you're mahajer or danny white before him that you look at you look at UCF basketball, right? And you look at it doesn't matter on campus. Is a game an event on campus? No. They tried the whole tailgating thing a couple of years back. You remember that? It never really caught on. You, mm-hmm. know, you look back at 2019, which was the best season in program history. They had one sellout the entire season. And you say, why would we put money in this? Football is where we make our money. Football is what the fans have shown us they care about. Why are we going to divert money from that to this? So basically what I'm saying is it's your fault, fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not actually like entirely your fault. But, I, but that is, it's like, you That's can't have it both it. ways. You can't have it both ways. You can't only care about football and then be mad basketball isn't good. Show the show the administration you care. Donate to basketball. You can go into the freaking charge on fund right now. You can select the sport you want your money to go to. You want basketball to be better? Give money to basketball. Go to games. I mean, none of you were there. Where are you guys? And on the Johnny Dawkins coaching, I just have to say one more thing from off. You said Johnny Dawkins was a finalist to replace Coach K at Duke eight months ago. Yeah. And now you want him fired. So explain that to me. Explain how he was good enough for Duke, but not UCF. Like break that one down for me. I don't think Duke would have looked at him 17 and nine right now and been like, oh, wow, he really dodged a bullet that he's only 17 and nine at UCF. A lot of, a lot of what it comes down to too is like the people that are complaining about him, people that want him gone. They are, they're more just UCF football fans that because UCF football is not playing right now, they're like, all right, I'll pay attention to basketball now. That's what, I mean, that's what it is for a lot of fans. And I'm not saying like, I'm not, I'm no different really. It's like, I put a lot of time into UCF football and then once it's over, I'm like, okay, I'll start paying a little bit more attention to basketball. And that's just the way it is. And if it's filling a void for you, that's great, but don't act like you're as invested as you are and say like, Oh, then there needs to be changes. Like, I mean, come on, you got to use a little bit, a little bit of common sense and a little bit of just, just click. It's, it's a more, it's more, more to the situation than just, Oh, let's go get a big name. Like, let's go. First of all, I said Johnny Dawkins is a big name, but like, Let's go get a big coach. Let's go steal a coach from like a big program. Like you can't just do that. Like that's not, not going to happen. So 
you talked about people caring after football and there's so much to that because some of UCF Ben's basketball's best moments of this season I feel like fans don't even talk about and it's because they happen during football season like I don't know how many of these people on Twitter even realize that UCF beat Miami I mean that happened this season they almost beat Oklahoma at home they came within three beating them they beat Michigan and then I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, you're, oh my God, you're right. As soon as we get to January, these are the games that people are upset about. It's like no one had anything yeah. to say for January. Conference play. So I'm going to throw UCF fans who disagree with me a rare olive branch. I am not saying that your opinion is invalid. Your opinion is not invalid. You are entitled to think whatever you want. But the difference that I'm so deeply asking you to consider is be willing to hear the other side. That's all, you know, because I've argued with so many of you and it's like you don't to you. It's not about evaluating the problem or discussing the problem or discussing men's basketball. It's about trying to get me or whoever else is defending Dawkins to admit he needs to be fired. And any point that gets thrown at you, you just have to try to warp into, well, no, that doesn't. So he needs to be fired. I mean, it's it's blatant, like just reality distortion. And I'm not saying you have to conform to my opinion, but the fact that like you can't even admit the concept that most of you, some of you have been very nice, can't even admit the concept there's a middle ground between fire the coach and the season was perfect. That alone shows that you're not processing. You're just, yeah. you just want to be mad. And I, mean, I, I have this sneaking suspicion that the people are the, who are the maddest and the loudest on Twitter, people don't really follow the team. And they just get yeah. mad. Like there's pl- there are UCF basketball fans. There's some big UCF basketball fans out there. And it's like, just, I don't know, like, just don't come in with your negativity if you're not actually like a fan of the team. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the big thing is like, there was this whole sentiment like, oh, he needs to be gone. And then since that like really started to come to a head, like they've gotten better and they've started playing better. Yet no one has really been like, oh, okay, well maybe like no one's willing to to hop off their take there. And I know we spent a lot of time on this. So, I mean, unless you have anything else to say, we can just kind of jump in to where things stand right now. I'm going to say one more quick thing. Go ahead. They've won four of their last five games. They've won yeah. four of their last five games. The only time you guys showed up in my Twitter mentions was after the loss. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, it's a Houston and it was competitive the whole way. I didn't hear a word from any of you after the other four, that Houston game happens. Suddenly I get a bunch of notifications on Twitter. People are tweeting. That's a competitive game, a competitive game until Brandon Mahan, one of the team's top scorers went down in the middle of the game. Like when it, when that happens, it's hard to recover in game with something like that. Yeah. When you lose that's, arguably your best player and then you've yeah. May, Mahan's been gone for two games. Now and they've won both, including it's a Cincinnati team. That's been pretty good. So yeah. Yeah. So as it stands right now, UCF is fifth in the AAC at nine and seven with a nine and seven record. Uh, that would currently mean a first round buy in the conference tournament, um, which so that would mean right now their first AAC tournament game would be Saturday, March 12th against the number four seed, which would currently be Temple. Um, and with a buy, just like in women's basketball, UCF would need three wins to take the AAC tournament and sneak into the NCAA tournament, which like with people probably like, oh, that's, that's insane. That's crazy. But like, get hot for three games like this team has the talent you guys keep saying oh this is a talented team they've, they've let down they play at a really high level i mean they've they played competitively with they beat memphis for one they I mean memphis was a little bit down back then but they beat memphis the first time and then they've played competitively with houston things have a lot of things have to go right for you to beat a team like that but i'm just saying i don't know man i you look at the way the bracket bids, works out bid stealers happen all the time like that stuff happens all the time in college basketball so yeah it happens every season and you never that's the yeah. thing about college basketball it's unpredictable you never expect it to happen and then it does i'm not saying yeah. ucf basketball is going to cut who knows no. they could lose the first game but the thing is you look at the way the bracket works out if they get the, the aac tournament i mean if they get the bye they end up playing houston if they win that first game i at this point in the season would rather take houston than if they don't get the bye and end up having to play memphis in the next round i think memphis is like doing really well right now and honestly like houston you're asking houston to beat ucf for a third time right I mean, yeah. that's hard. That's hard. So I, I I don't like, I honestly like, 
And, and again, it's like this final scores haven't reflected it because it's another thing that people just don't get about basketball. It's like when you're in a close game and you're outmatched at the end of the game, you just have to start trying crap and you end up the score not reflecting the game. UCF has played Houston tight both games. It's been a battle. So I don't, I think that UCF could absolutely knock off Houston in the tournament. I really do believe that. So I, I think getting that buy is critical of avoiding that first game getting, I think it will be, I think it's most likely going to be UCF temple in the first round. Mm. That's great. Just do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all that aside to uh, as things currently stand in the uh, NIT projections, the one that we saw from D ratings has UCF as a number six seed. So, I mean, I imagine <laughs> barring like them losing out and then, uh, losing the first round of the tournament. I mean, I think even, even if things don't work out the way we want them to in the NCAA or in the uh, AAC tournament, they're still going to the NIT. And, you know, that's the, you know, that's not like when you start the season expecting or, or thinking you're going to go to the NCAA tournament, you're not going to be happy with going to the NIT, but I don't know, man, like at, at some point in the season, you have to adjust your expectations and be like, you know what, if they finish strong and end up in the NIT, it's better than where we thought they were going to be at some point in the season. That's how I feel about it at this point anyway. So. I mean, what you look at their entire history as a D1 program, they've gone to any sign of any kind of postseason tournament, what, like eight times? Yeah. No. And one of those was one of those was a tournament that you pay to enter. So I would be turning my nose up at the NIT guys, a tournament yeah. that UCF has made twice. So what yeah. last time they were in, they went to the final four. So they did. And you guys thought it was really cool. And then what the coach did that fired. So very true how dare Dawkins raise his own expectations they sold out that Illinois game before to get to the final four everybody's so excited to be in the NIT so I obviously would love for UCF to get the tournament I hope that happens somehow but like I I love I like I do enjoy the NIT games that are at home like that's a really like like playing like like you don't get many season on the line home games in basketball and in college basketball anyway and that that's really cool so that's something to look forward to but anyway obviously hope they become a bracket buster, but I think the AAC probably hopes so too, but we'll see. <laughs> Would be nice. Actually, um, Oresco's probably like, screw you guys. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, if anyone's going to be a bit I hope it's one of the teams that's staying. Oresco's got um, his Tulane hat on, like, come on, let's do it, guys. Yeah, and as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, there's really nothing going on football-wise right now, so the only piece of football-related news is the fact that John Rice Plumlee's waiver to play baseball this season for UCF was rejected officially by the NCAA, so he won't be playing baseball for UCF this year. And of course, I mean, I think he's still around the team, it seems like, but I think he's once, on the team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So he's oh. still on the team. He just can't play in games. But once football, once spring ball starts up, um, they'll have, I assume, his full attention. That was um, a little bit of a like BS move to me. Not be like, listen, he and no man with, he like in no way met the requirements. I think the baseball transfer deadline was like July. But at the same time, like I, I didn't realize the NCAA actually rejected waivers anymore. I thought they were just kind of in like the, you know, yeah, it's just like what, like, what are they game for? Like, what is, does it really matter? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the NCAA <laughs> was like, listen, listen, John or John Rice. Still not sure where the Rice fits in his name. We really, really want you to win the starting job at UCF for football as the NCAA were invested in that. So we're going to help you have more time for football. Maybe that's what it was. You know what? Let's go with it. We'll go with um, that. Thank you, NCAA, <laughs> for making a bad speaking, decision. Speaking of UCF baseball, uh, they're, they're fitting in here as my game of the week this, this week. Uh, at six and one right now, they'll play uh, Stetson mid- midweek. And I know this other team they're playing for the weekend has two midweek games against Louisiana Monroe. But number three, Ole Miss is coming to Orlando for the weekend series. 6 p.m. on Friday, 4 p.m. on Saturday and noon on Sunday. UCF, which you know didn't have a great year last year, took two out of three from Ole Miss in uh, Mississippi last year. And Ole Miss was number one at the time, I believe. So big series. 
and UCF baseball has looked good so far, and this is their first like really big test. I think Stetson's Stetson's a pretty good program too, but you know for this to be a weekend series against an SEC team in the top five, got all their their top arms that will be throwing, so it'll be a big series, and hopefully UCF baseball can can prevail again, or you know at least steal one. You know don't get swept. Yeah, I mean baseball's but, off to their best start since Love Lady's first year, and they went to regional that year. They won forty four games, so yeah. big opportunity. Not All for right, Columbia, unfortunately, but for the rest of the team. Tied <laughs> it back um, in there. Yeah. Uh, you got a tweet of the week this week? I don't. I have I want to okay. use I want to use this time for something else. All um right. something that's very near and dear to me and important that I wanted to highlight. Beautiful. Um no, but close. Oh. Um five years ago, to the date of the day before we're recording this, five years ago, UCF Athletics announced that they were going to build a lazy river. <laughs> five years later we still do not have a lazy river. And I just want to use this time to say, I've felt for years now, like personally offended by the lazy river, because I just felt like it just felt like it was fake from the start. Like it got some nice headlines and it was like, and then really like what did it for me is when Danny white in 2019 declared we've broken ground on the lazy river and literally dumped a sandbag outside the stadium and left it. That's not a joke. That's actually what happened. And I guess the point I want to make on this is we're at five years and why the reason I looked up the date, I didn't like know that it was yesterday. I looked it up today because that UCF football recruiting account, which is suddenly very active, um, tweeted like for recruits to come see campus and they included a fake lazy river in the photo of campus. And when will the charade end UCF? Never. That, that's what I'm asking. And, and, and I'm speaking directly to Terry Mahadur now, who I'm sure is a listener. Um, Mr. Mahadur, Terry, I don't know what I should call you. Um, <laughs> If you don't want to build the lazy river, this is, this is not your problem. This was dumped on you and you got the job. They were like, congratulations. Welcome to UCF. By the way, there's this lazy river thing. If you are not going to do it, that's fine. Just say it because why, like, why are we still pretending it's going to happen? Like, and, and if you are actually planning to build it, which I guess like maybe you are, cause you've changed the name. I don't know. I like, maybe you actually have a plan. Can you like set a date? Because it's still just this vague, like, it's like, oh, when are you going to build the lazy river? Like what? That's the question. If you ask them, when are you going to build the lazy river? The question is in phase one. When is phase one? When funding's complete. Like it just, if you're going to do it, give some kind of evidence there's actually a plan and not that you're just baiting recruits. Because guess what? It's five years in. The recruits are going to at some point start to figure out that there's not a lazy river coming. When they're in the locker room and there are guys who are leaving who are like, oh, they promised us the lazy river too. I can't imagine. It's really, I mean, it's a cool thing, but I can't imagine there's recruits that are going to like leave. Like if they, they're probably gonna forget about it at some point, like they'll get to UCF and then like they'll leave UCF and like, Oh yeah, I forgot about the laser, eh, whatever. But the fact they included it in the plans, like when Terry launched these like stadium renovation plans and the whole athletics village, I mean, he still included the lazy river. So it's still apparently Dude, a plan. I was stunned when they dropped the athletics village plan and phase one was the freaking lazy river. Cause they like, still I, have all like the, they have the renderings and everything updated. And it's different. They moved where yeah. it is and they changed the name and they were like, Oh, we're going to like hydrotherapy now, which I don't know what the hell hydrotherapy is. I it think it's fancy. I think it's going to happen. It's, I really want to believe it's going to happen. Like I, I trust Mahajer because like this dude built waterfalls into a football stadium in Arkansas. Like the dude's interested in water clearly. So I, mean, I think like I a lazy river him. could happen, but like, man, I just can't believe it's been five years. Like if a UCF recruit and they're putting on graphics, like if a UCF recruit saw that and was like, whoa, and Google UCF lazy river, the links are from 2017. Like I just, I, I, I just, so here's the problem. Uh, I just want to update the on the lazy river guys. Here's a problem, problem we're running into and I'm running into personally. I think somehow I need to come up with like a multi-million dollar idea or just win the lottery and 
donate a lot of it to UCF, one for the Lazy River and a lot more also to the basketball program. Kill two birds with one stone or two stones in that case, I guess, because I just got money's got to go somewhere. Oh, so. I just got the best idea for a tweet. I'm doing it after this podcast. All right. I'm going to tweet. Would you rather? And the two options are going to be invest more money in men's basketball or use the money to build the lazy river. And we'll see. And we'll see where people are going to be like, that's a ridiculous. That's like a ridiculous question, but it's clearly not going to be a ridiculous question. Like there's people that will actually pick the lazy river. I can't wait. I'm doing it after we get off here. I I can't wait. And (laughs) like the other thing, I think the thing that I just got to finish up on the lazy river here. I think what makes me so mad is I think that it would actually be awesome. And I think that like recruits would love it. And like, cause you see their whole recruiting pitch, like future college footballs in Florida, live with the world vacations they're not just selling a team or anything like they're selling a lifestyle and like is there a more like epitome of lifestyle living in florida than you can chill in a lazy river under palm trees and with white sand outside your football stadium next to your practice field your dorms are 30 feet away like i i like that, that i mean come on man like some recruit some random four star is going to be like ali i'm gonna have a lazy river and they're gonna come here that will happen and I just just build the lazy river, guys. Either that or admit you're not going to. Like one of the two. You've picked right? you've picked a funny a funny week to talk about this lazy river in depth as the way you have because you kind of sound like someone who's going to be on a cruise next week. Oh yeah, uh, no podcast next week, guys. I am going on a cruise. Yeah. Um, I will. I we were. I was trying to figure out a way to do the podcast from the cruise, and then we realized there's nothing to talk about anyway, so we're just going to not have one. Yeah, it's also like. I'm off. I have like a four day weekend or four and a half day weekend this upcoming weekend because next week's actually my birthday. So I'm fine. I'm just taking next week off. This is actually the first time since we started this podcast that we're taking a week off. I feel kind of bad about it. Like, I don't I know don't. why. Like, I, feel we, like we, I feel like we've earned it. We did 13 months without missing a week. And there were a few weeks in there. We gave you a couple episodes. So we've done a pretty good yeah. job. So we're taking a one. We're taking a one week hiatus, guys. No episode next week. I might um I might repost an episode from like last spring and see if you guys notice. um but just see like what normal podcasts do there should be like revisit like revisited or whatever there'll just be like classic uh pegasus podcast classic and just like put on one of our old episodes i'm gonna record an intro i'm gonna say like so bailey what what were some of your thoughts about the state of ucf football a year ago and then just play the audio of a podcast from a year ago (laughs) oh man well great yeah it'll be fantastic but anyways we'll be back in two weeks with episode 64 still don't really know what we're gonna be talking about by that point hopefully there's some football stuff We'll be talking um, about UCF basketball breaking into the tournament. <laughs> hopefully. Hey, hopefully, hopefully we're back in two weeks and we've got two, two basketball teams in their respective NCAA tournaments getting ready to make some deep runs. But anyway, until then, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams, 22 at by CA Simmons and at night sports. Now, thank you guys so much for being with us and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye everybody.